whole coddled, undernourished crowd of them. And what was worse for the little twits, their mothers probably looked exactly like them, doing their part to be role models for a lifetime of personal trainers, plastic surgery, shopping excursions, daily massages, weekly manicures, and regular sessions with a shrink. There was nothing like having a gold-plated meal ticket, courtesy of some idiot whose only requirement of his women was zeroed in on the looks department. Whenever China had come to Montecito, she couldn't wait to get out of Montecito, and today was no different. If anything, today the wind and the heat made the urgency to put this place behind her worse than normal, like something gnawing at her mood, which was bad enough already— truth be told. An overall uneasiness had been sitting on her shoulders since the moment her alarm had rung early that morning. Nothing else had rung, specifically the telephone. That was the problem. Upon waking, she'd made that automatic three-hour leap in time to 10 a.m. in Manhattan, so why hasn't he called? And while the hours passed till the one at which she had to leave for her appointment in Montecito, she'd mostly watched the phone and stewed, something that was easy enough to do, since it was nearly eighty degrees by nine a.m. She tried to occupy herself. She'd watered the entire front yard by hand, and she'd done the same to the back, right down to the grass. She'd talked over the fence to Anita Garcia. Hey, girl! Is this weather killing you? Man, oh man, it's destroying me! And sympathized with her neighbor's degree of water retention in this last month of her pregnancy. She'd washed the Plymouth and dried it as she went, managing to stay one step ahead of the dust that wanted to adhere to it and turn into mud. And she leapt inside the house twice when the phone rang, only to find those unctuous, obnoxious telephone solicitors on the line, the kind who always wanted to know what kind of day you were having before they launched into their spiels about changing your long-distance telephone company, which would, of course, also change your life. Finally, she'd had to leave for Montecito but not before she picked up the phone one last time to make sure she had a dial tone, and not before she double-checked her answering machine to make sure it would take a message. All the time, she hated herself for not being able just to dismiss him. But that had been the problem for years. Thirteen of them. God, how she hated love. Her cell phone was the phone that finally did the ringing toward the end of her drive home to the beach, not five minutes away from the uneven lump of sidewalk that marked the concrete path to her own front door. It chimed on the passenger seat, and China grabbed it up to hear Matt's voice. Hey, good looking. He sounded cheerful. Hey yourself. She hated the instant relief she felt, like she'd been uncorked of carbonated anxiety. She said nothing else. He read that easily. Pissed? Nothing from her end. Let him hang, she thought. I guess I've blown my wad with this one. Where have you been? she demanded. I thought you were calling this morning. I waited at the house. I hate it when you do that, Matt. Why don't you get it? If you're not going to call, just say that in the first place and I can deal with it, okay? 
Why didn't you call? Sorry. I meant to. I kept reminding myself all day. And? It's not going to sound good, China. Try me. Okay. A real bitch of a cold front moved in last night. I had to spend half the morning trying to find a decent coat. You couldn't call from your cell while you were out? Forgot to take it. I'm sorry. Like I said. She could hear the ubiquitous background noises of Manhattan. The same noises she heard whenever he called from New York. The blare of horns reverberating through architectural canyons. Jackhammers firing like heavy armaments against cement. But if he'd left his cell phone in the hotel... What was he doing on the street with it now? On my way to dinner.